Hey, what's going on, Big MX Radio listeners? I wanted to do a quick podcast uh, and talk to you guys uh, shortly before we bring on Richard Taylor from uh, uh, FXR as well as X-Brand Goggles. Um, obviously, this is Richard Taylor uh, Jr. Uh, Richard Taylor is a guy I'd like to have on the podcast in the next little while, but I think we have to get our ducks in a row a little bit better before we uh, bring in a legend like him to talk about uh, some testing stories and whatnot. But uh, I want to talk at you guys a little bit about uh, Millville coming up this weekend and uh, the remaining rounds of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals that I think are going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, first and foremost, your champion from 2000 and 17, 18, and 19, Eli Tomac. Currently, many points adrift from the championship, and um, for all intents and purposes, he's just about out of it. It just hasn't gone his way. The five rounds uh, have just... He hasn't been able to catch his stride. Of course, uh, uh, a one-two finish at uh, one-two at uh, Ironman. Uh, good rides. Were they great rides? No. Um, neither one of them. He hasn't shown flashes of absolute brilliance like we've seen in the past. Um, and then he's also had some of the uh, the most god awful luck that a former champion can have. Uh, that coming together with the fact that he just doesn't seem to have that spark that. Um, that ungodly speed that separates himself from the rest of the crew um, to uh, put in the the results needed to uh, come back from this sort of deficit. I honestly think if Eli Tomac is going to be your 2020 outdoor champion, uh, he's going to have to win as many as six motos of the fall of the possible eight that remain uh, I think there's still some questions on whether or not all eight of those motos uh, are executed this weekend in uh, Millville will be will be the first step but I seriously think Eli has to come out on top for six out of those eight races um, for him to have a legitimate chance at winning this championship in addition to that um, Zach Osborne still has to have some like pretty bad days uh he's got to be outside i'd say that he'd have to have a day where he's at least outside the top 10 if not for sure two motos where he's outside the top 10 uh whether that's a dnf uh or something along those lines that's going to derail his championship because uh uh for all intents and purposes he hasn't put a, a wheel wrong he's been really solid he's been strong um and uh yeah hats off to the guy they, like um it's, it's been really amazing to see uh, Zach's progression in the sport, uh, coming from where he did as a hot, top flight amateur to uh, you, everyone who's watched these races, you know the story. But the fact that he's come as far as he has and is, is knocking on the door at uh, legitimately getting himself a championship, I think that's fantastic. Um, another thing that's going to throw uh, a wrench into Eli Tomac's uh, finish off to the year here is that... Um, You've got a number of guys who are still in the hunt for this championship, as well as uh, riding for uh, pride results and, and a ride next year. Um, with Yamaha matching to to keep uh, keep Justin Barsha, you know he's motivated to uh, to show them that their investment was worth it. And uh, and he, honestly, I I think Barsha, in his heart of hearts, knows that if he puts in the rides that he knows how to put in, he can be 
a second or third uh, contender in this championship, and uh, and and possibly even put himself in a, a, a position to uh, to take an overall championship, which is crazy to think of. The fact that he has been in the, in the, the class as long as he has uh, without a championship, and all of a sudden he puts himself in a position to do so. It's actually fantastic to see. Um, but uh, and same thing goes for Marvin Muskan. He's going to be fast. He's going to put in those laps. He's going to have those qualifying motos uh, where putting himself in good positions. Those are going to be other hurdles. And uh, the guy that showed up in uh, the last race in uh, uh, Red Bud, your overall winner uh, with a, I believe it was a 1-2 or 1-3. Uh, finish 1-3, yeah. Uh, finish for um, Adam Cienzarulo. Like, expect more of that. Three, Four rounds to go. Um, I, you could pencil uh, uh, AC in for at least a couple of moto wins in there for sure. I think he's definitely got it. He's got the speed and he's got uh, the motivation in the fact that uh, there's two guys under the Kawasaki tent. And um, I think you're kidding yourself if you don't think that uh, Adam Cienzarulo wants to be that number one guy. And uh, I could certainly see him uh, going forward and, and being really, really successful with it. So uh, keep your eyes out and, uh, and be prepared for uh, the 450 class to come down to it um, and uh, and just have all kinds of moto winners throughout the rest of the season. I think everybody's motivated and with four rounds to go, nobody's checked out uh, as far as uh, kind of like throwing the white towel and, uh, and giving up for the year. Everyone's going out there and doing their best, and I think that's going to be fantastic. 250-wise, it's weird to say that the fastest guy is uh, likely not going to win this championship. Um... I th it's closer, obviously, than the 250 class, but um, every single weekend it seems like uh, Dylan Ferrandez digs himself a different way to have this really big hole with a, a right-hand start uh, at uh, Millville. Uh, that worries me. You can go down those in those really easily, uh, and a lot of ground can be made up on the first lap at Millville. Uh, so if he has a bad start, uh, he's going to have a really hard time uh, moving through the pack. And uh, Millville is also a track where they don't often lap really far into uh, the field. Obviously, Ricky Carmichael lapped everybody there, so that kind of uh, craps on my on my take there. But honestly, Millville is a track where a lot of guys go really fast. Um, and uh, there isn't always a lot of places to make passes uh, as you're moving through the pack. So watch for that. Um, as well as uh, we talked about it a little bit here uh, in the podcast, but uh, guys I really like for, for Pulp MX Fantasy coming up. Richard Taylor definitely needs to be on your radar. If he's got uh, a qualifying time that's going to get him a decent gate pick to get a good start, I like him. I, I really like that 18 um, handicap that he's going to have moving into his first pro motocross AMA National in the 450 class. He's got speed. He's he's going to be fresh, and I believe he's also going to be on uh, on a Yamaha. So um, jump on it. Uh, I love fantasy. I love uh, making my picks and seeing how they go. Honestly, uh, if it doesn't go well, I don't get too uh, too too bummed out about it but I, I do get pretty pumped if I'm uh, if I'm right and I've, I've picked some guys, some guys to do well and they do exactly that so um, as always appreciate all of you guys for listening if you have a request for who someone you'd like to have on the podcast someone you'd like to hear from uh, or some more information on something please drop me a line uh, Brad Gebhardt 88 on Instagram as well as you can always send me an email at Brad Gebhardt 88 at gmail.com and now without further ado brought to you by MedTerra CBD is Richard Taylor.
Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast brought to you by Medterra CBD. You can go to medterracbd.com right now and enter discount code BIGMXRADIO15 to save 15% off every single one of your orders. You can also go to gutseat, uh, gutsracing.com and uh, check out everything that they got going on there. Those guys are supporting us for our new YZ250 build coming up in 2021. But uh, I am your host, Brad Gephardt, with me on the line. He's uh, He's been on the show before. He's a repeat offender, damn good uh, motocross racer, and uh, even competed in some Canadian races earlier this year. Uh, it's hasn't. It's been a while since we had him on, so we want to get him uh, all uh, dialed in before he heads off to Millville this weekend. None other than Richard Taylor. Richard, how's it going? What's going on? How are you? Dude, I'm doing fantastic. It is a beautiful day up here. Uh, fall colors are changing, so that's what you got to look forward to in uh, in Millville this weekend. Uh, but uh, since getting back to uh, California after uh, missing the final round of the uh, of the Rockstar Triple Crown Series, how have you been? I see you've been doing quite a bit of riding. Yeah, it's nice to be back in America. I was gone for so long, and uh, I really missed being home. It's really nice being back. I've been running the tracks that I used to kind of take for granted. Like when all these other tracks, California, I get to ride on the weekly. Um, I, going away from them for a while, like you realize how good it really is in Southern California for riding. I feel like a lot of people complain like, oh, dry, all tracks are blown out and stuff. But really, like it's not bad. The tracks are pretty sick here. So I'm pumped to be back. I don't know four fifty as well, so I've really missed that. <laughs> There you go, uh, and uh, and we'll, we'll get into that a little bit more, but totally, man, like, uh, as much as you guys sort of, like, you guys got that stuff in your back uh, backyard, you got State Fair, you've got Paula, uh, Elsinore's open now, um, uh, Milestone's closed, but I think that uh, that new uh, uh, J, like, uh, JS63MX is going gonna, is gonna to open, that's uh, Jimmy Sloan's. New deal. Um, that's good. I believe dedicated to his uh, his late son, as well as of course you've got Glenn Helen right there, and, and tons of other options to go riding. Um, all of which, like guys like myself, uh, would put like like they, it's a bucket list track to go to a place like uh, Glen Helen, but you get to go there every other Thursday or every Thursday uh, in the off season. Um, like it's nothing like a trip to Canada where it looked like you were riding on a golf course at some point. Uh, or doing some sort of turn track to uh, give you a little bit of perspective and uh, and, and appreciate those uh, those tracks you guys got in your backyard. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that track was super sick. It was called uh, the Ranch. It was a private thing, but I was okay. lucky enough to get it, and it was really cool. Uh, it was just big rolling green hills, and uh, the guy who was running it lit had just sections all over the place, and he changed the track every day. It was fun. Uh, it's cool to be back on on a typical practice. Yes, you can help in Tuesday. Twice a week because it's my closest track. That's fair enough. All the out there, some pro circuit guys, some Geico guys, Barsha, all tons of guys were out there yesterday. So I really miss fast up in Canada. Uh, some of the tracks were cool. You're the only one really out there. It's only going to get so rough, or uh, there's no one to really push you or anything. So it's really cool to be back in the the mecca of motocross and the fast guys. So I can, uh, 
Fair enough. You're 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 breaking up just a little bit. I don't know if it's if it's because you're in the garage or just the fact that California uh, has that kind of service. Uh, but if you can move around a little bit, that might help out. Um, hear me okay. I can hear you a little bit nope. better now. Okay, I moved around. Sorry, my okay. bad. No, that's all good. Like, how how would you to know? Uh, but you sound fine now. Um, Curious question, actually, just the fact that you've been around Southern California so long, uh, dating back to only about a week ago with uh, Colton Eck and uh, Barsha getting into it, and then like there's a whole thing where uh, Barsha's buying him a lever uh, to appease the conversation there. Um, any like close calls or run-ins that you've had with a pro where the two of you either butted heads or yourself, some a, a weekend warrior like me, jumping in in front of you and uh, and trying to keep pace with uh, what they thought was probably uh, uh, Rich Taylor Sr. Uh, yeah, two stories come to mind instantly. Um, a couple of years back, I was riding Milestone before it closed. Um, mm-hmm. There was a fast whoop section, and I was blitzing down the roller whoop section, wheeling through them. And a guy thought he would cross the track right at the end of the uh, right at the end of the whoop section, like he was going to get across fast enough and just squeak by me. But he happened to stall the bike right as he hopped on, so he came to a complete stop, and I couldn't go anywhere. And I completely t-boned him. We both went flying. Uh, actually, I, I was fine, but I hurt my wrist for a little while. I, luckily, nothing really bad happened to it, but. Wow. That was uh, one bummer story. And then another one when I was C-class still, again, at Milestone on a pro day, back when Milestone had Wednesday pro days. Those were so sick. Um, right. Josh Grant was out there, and he was going outside. I think he was kind of on a cruiser lap. I was coming on the inside. It was a split lane, a roller on the inside, or you could go around the berm on the outside. And I was the squirrel on this time. I got whiskey, uh, whiskey throttle, and blew through the roller and launched at him and almost cleaned him out he was not pumped i'm pretty sure he yelled at me but uh that was my bad but yeah it happens both ways um and then i'm best friends with colton Eck, so i've heard the story uh <laughs> i'm pretty sure colton went outside to get out of barsha's way but barsha was on a fast lap and was pissed at him or something and cleaned him but didn't he didn't crash but his lever came off and then I guess Barsha offered to give him 50 bucks for the lever, uh, and Colton didn't take any of it. I guess there's a misunderstanding where Colton took some of the money, but no, Colton did not take any of it. But now they're cool. Now they're cool. (laughs) Fair enough. Well, like, you know what? Like, in the heat of battle, um, like, I can see how wires just cross. You, You got a guy like Barsha who he rides with so much heart and so much determination, and yeah, he's probably trying to... Um, he's chasing after a championship. You hear the guy in the in interviews, and he's saying that, like, basically, if things go right, I, I'm a contender for this championship. So he's about as serious as serious gets right now, and he's not. He's a bit of a hothead. And then uh, a guy like Colton, who's in to, uh, in, for us all, all as I know, he's probably one of the nicest guys in the sport, uh, but also takes his racing very seriously as well. Um, the two of them get get together. They both. They're both considering themselves uh, like professionals and, and uh, have every right to the track. Of course, they're both crazy fast. Maybe one a little bit faster than the other. I think you know which one I'm talking about. But um, I did not know that uh, that Colton did not take uh, take the money. But uh, glad that they're uh, they buried the hatchet and uh, yeah, like. But things like that just happen. You know what I mean? Like it. Like 
especially when you have the pro days where like motocross is a sport so unlike any other sport like i can't go to the local rink and see an nhl hockey player practicing or getting like working on his skills whereas yeah on a pro day on wednesday like you could literally have james stewart ryan dungey uh everybody back in the day that would have been racing or and and training all all the track as well as myself all the way from canada uh going and doing some laps as well like you know what i mean it would have been uh it's pretty crazy to see that like it's uh and it's something you see literally everywhere you go in southern california you might be doing a just a, a leisurely lap you look over and oh there's grant langston or there's whoever ryan hughes yeah, I remember, again, another milestone story. I remember Villapoto was there right before he went to the GPs his last yep. year. And he was like, that was the fastest I've ever seen anyone go ever in my life. Like, it was mind-blowingly fast. And they would actually call everyone off the track. Uh, and it would be Villapoto and Rattray, I think, at the okay. time. Yeah, Villapoto and Rattray would just go do, like, a 30 and everybody would just watch. It was insane how fast Villapoto was going. Like, crazy. Like, mind-blowing to watch. So, it was really cool. No kidding. You know, I, I got uh, passed by Ryan at Glen Helen one time, uh, going down one of the downhills. And his roost knocked my goggle lens clean out of the goggle. Uh, so, yeah. That, <laughs> Sounds that, like that, it at that point. It, it was not actually X-Brand. It was a uh, another a different off-brand we won't get into uh, how those goggles, how bad those goggles were, but they uh, no, certainly that's what I'm not. Saying. You needed, you needed some X brands. You would have been set. Oh, absolutely, and 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 that, I just that that'll probably prompt a text to your old man after this. Uh, but uh, um, yeah, it was wild, man. And uh, seeing those those guys go that fast, like it's just a totally different level. Like um, you see, like you were at the Canadian Nationals. All respect to those guys, even Dylan Wright throw him in the mix with a, at a, at an American national and he's not struggling to qualify, but I don't, I don't, I don't throw him immediately in the top 10. Uh, and, and that just speaks volumes to the, this, the next level, which you will be experiencing this weekend in Millville. Yeah. Uh, yep. Doing back to the original plan before Canada, um, back to the American nationals, which I've still yet to do one, but, uh, straight to the 450 class up in Canada. I was in two fifties and, Right. Uh, being 6'3", 180 pounds, it's not super ideal for me. I, I'm a 450 guy. Yeah. I like 450s. I ride them better. So, uh, yeah, going to Millville and going to try my hand at my first time at a American National, and uh, I'm excited to see how it goes for sure. No doubt. Now, before we get to Millville, let's spin the clocks back a little bit. Uh, seven, eight weeks ago, we had you on the podcast. You're about to, you're, you're mid packing, ready to go. You're going to do the, uh, the full quarantine two weeks yourself and Ryan Surratt, uh, up in the Canadian wilderness, you guys emerge. And, um, like for, for the, for the first four rounds, you guys couldn't have had worse conditions for racing as far as like the, the, the rain, the mud, um, and unfortunately, like, although like, uh, uh, I'm sure a solid effort from, uh, Sky Racing, uh, Kawasaki on the Trans-Canada Kawasaki's, uh, we won't even get into your numbers on the first round, but, uh, it just seemed like that was the precursor to nothing really going right for your, your, uh, your first trip up to Canada. Yeah, no, well, the first round was Gopher Dunes, which everyone was telling me about. 
oh, it's the gnarliest track ever. Oh, it's so crazy. I'm like, yeah, whatever. It's, I'm sure I'll be fine. But no, I didn't believe the hype, and I should have because it was gnarly. It was so hot. Sand was so deep and rough. And then they had these massive jumps with ruts all the way up the lip. So you're already tired from the heat and the sand and track beating you up. But then every lap, I'm on a little 250 that me being big on a 250 isn't ideal already. I'm hitting these, having to be wide open all the way through these ruts, off these massive lips and sending it all these huge jumps. It was gnarly. Like, And I still, I believe I got a ninth in one of the motos there with, a fall so not bad but um but yeah i had crashes in the other two motos uh that was gnarly and then that was the only dry race of the season actually so it was either uniquely intense deep sand or mud my whole entire canada experience <laughs> so i feel like yeah, i never got a traditional track really to, to show my stuff on which it's fine. Like, it's the same for everybody. No excuses, but uh, definitely unique set of conditions for my year up there. Yeah, man. Like, I, I feel like it never really, you, you never got going. You never got that ability to, like, obviously, Gopher Dunes is a monster on its own. Like, guys who ride there, guys who are there consistently, they go well there, and it's, it, it's, it's a completely different bag of worms. Um, but then every other track we went to, uh, if, if it was, if it was, wasn't muddy on one of the days, it was both days. Um, and, and that's not conducive. Like you said, 180 pounds, six foot three on a 250 F. Um, and, uh, and just like, it's, it's not like, uh, it's something that you were, you're up against it the entire time. I really, I, I want to know what it, like, obviously we're gonna find out this weekend, but with, uh, with a 450 under you and, um, a, a program that you're in full control with, I really, I really wonder what you would have been able to accomplish, uh, being able to put your best foot forward. Cause I don't think you were able to ever to, able to do that. Wow. Yeah, I really wasn't. I feel like I didn't really get, uh, the one dry race that Walton I did get, uh, which is where last year I did on a 450 and got, right. uh, 10th or 11th there. Uh, the one dry race I got this year at Walton, the one moto, I got like a horrible start, and I was only to only able to come to ninth, I believe. Um, and I mean, I just feel I had some good starts in the mud, a few of them, and I ran fifth in a mud moto for like twenty minutes, and I just I had a lot of issues with finishing uh, with the bike, and ultimately jumping forward. That was ultimately the reason I decided to come home a week early, but. Uh, I was just, yeah, I could never get any momentum rolling. I would either have a DNF or I would, well, yeah, it was mostly DNFs or mud or just, it was not, not an ideal time. So I'm, I'm excited to try and get myself in good positions off the start, hopefully on a 450 and uh, put some stuff together and get some momentum rolling for myself. I feel like I've been getting beat down since Supercross this whole year. No doubt. Well, um, putting yourself, putting something together for, uh, the, the outdoor nationals in, in, sh in a short amount of time, hats off to you for being able to, uh, wrangle all the contacts together for that effort. But, uh, what's it going to look like for you rolling in? I assume you fly out tomorrow to, uh, Millville, Minnesota, and then, uh, the final rounds through WW Ranch, Colorado, and then, uh, uh, the friendly confines, uh, local race for you being, uh, the Paula, uh, Fox Raceway, uh, to close things out. 
um, how did you go about putting all this together? And uh, I assume that uh, uh, we're looking for podiums or nothing else, right? Yeah, podiums only. Podiums are higher, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Just thanks to my dad and everybody and the contacts he has, and I'm fortunate enough to be uh, have his help on these things. Well, I've been able to get my bike through the remaining four rounds, and I'll be flying in uh, to Minnesota, Florida, and Colorado. And obviously, Paul is close enough where I can just drive. But yeah, I have a way to get my bike there. Um, and then I will be flying in and it's kind of cool I've, I've never really flown into races like this before a series of races uh and i mean hopefully i don't have to pay for it eventually when i get put in some results i won't have to pay for it anymore but as of now i'm paying for my flights out to these races and uh try and do some some damage in the results and try and make a statement for myself really well there you go my friend like uh i got to imagine uh um Flying and, and all of that travel is going to be a little bit different than uh, in years past with uh, with COVID and whatnot. Uh, any extra precautions you're taking, uh, masks, sanitizer, the whole nine yards, what else? Well, I already had to fly to and from Canada. Um, I flew up and flew back. So it's really just, uh, just masks is really the only thing. It's kind of nice in the plane, really, because... Both my flight there and home, I had a whole row to myself, so it's roomy. Uh, it's kind of nicer, honestly, but um, yeah, I just keep masks on me. I have sanitizer if I need it uh, or if I feel I should use it and just try and take precautions to get up there safely. And then, uh, Yeah, hopefully I get a whole row to myself again because it's really nice. People are just like passed out laying down on the three seats sideways. It's like kind of nice. It's like that's like economy uh, first class. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> no one's on the flight. No kidding. Well, it uh, must make the boarding process that much better. Um, before you headed off to, to Canada, you uh, were able to take part in uh, the 2021 FXR uh photo shoot i believe you were both on the suzuki and a couple of other machines as well not, not that you're uh, uh estranged to that whatsoever what's that process like for you going and, and getting some photos done i know that uh um uh, we talked about it on the last podcast that you were on you're pretty good at that uh blowing up the berm thing yeah well i've been around my dad obviously my whole life that's a pretty obvious mm -hmm. statement but uh he's been like one of the biggest test riders slash magazine photo shoot riders of all time uh with all the magazines and covers and transworld motocross and all the other and just everything he's done photo shoots for suzuki and everything else um he's really known how to get a cool shot with blowing up the blowing up a berm wheeling out of the corner just making stuff look really cool and i've always been around it and seen him do it and uh again being just with my dad i've been able to get um when I was little, before I was even racing seriously with Don Maeda and Transworld Motocross at the time, I had been able to do shoots for like the 150 for um, like mini bike shootouts. And then growing up, I did some big bike stuff and learned testing. And uh, I've just been able to kind of, I've just copied what he's, he's been doing. And uh, and the shots that I've been posting, it's pretty cool. I, I feel like I look like him coming out of the burns and blowing everything up and stuff. So I kind of know how to blow up a berm and make it look cool. And you don't have to be going fast. You only have to look cool for like one thousandth of a second for the shot. 
So just going slow and just rip, just blow up the berm, and it looks cool for a split second, and you get the shot, and then that's it. So it's yeah, it's a cool skill to have. I'd rather be able to have the skills of of being as fast as I can go, but it's cool to look cool too. <laughs> Absolutely. Look pro, go slow, bro. Maybe that is like a, a, um, a riding clinic specialty that you can have. Like for guys like me who only post like still images of them riding is just like basically like a, a, a skills course or like a, a, a riding uh, clinic where you just show people how to get like really cool photos of themselves so they at least look like they go really fast. I, I would definitely benefit from that. Most of my photos look like I'm going pretty slow. I remember doing a shoot, and Jordan Powell was there. He used to be big in Transworld Motocross as a okay. photographer, videographer. Uh, He's a good, he's a decent rider, uh, but he's a beginner skill level. He's super cool. I haven't talked to him in a while, but I remember he was trying to do photos with Don, and they did the same corner, like, so many times trying to get him to look cool in the corner. And eventually, they got him looking, like, pro speed in that corner in the photos, so... Okay. Anyone can do it. You just gotta, you just gotta <laughs> loop the corner enough times and and try and blow it up, and eventually you'll get a cool photo of yourself. Fair enough, my friend. Well, uh, I definitely got to start working on that. Maybe some, some uh, you can text me some tips before I head to the track uh, sometime soon. Although I dislo did dislocate my shoulder this last uh, Saturday, so I might be off the bike for at least a week. Um, Moving, looking forward to this weekend, um, guys that I think that you that you can fit yourself into, guys like John Short, Jeremy Smith, um, Bryce Backus, are those the type of guys that you're sort of aiming at as far as where you think you're going to fit in in the 450 class? Of course, um, straight to the 450 class because you're a bigger guy, um, but do you feel like you're going to fit in more with uh, with those guys or do you do you set your sights even higher with the, the Justin Hopes? and the, uh, the Justin Rodbells of the world that are just inside the top 20? Uh, I Going in, I want to set myself up to be, well, I feel like everyone says this, but going in, my first goal, I want to set my, the first, like I'm going to set one goal at a time. So the first goal, get in to the fast 40, which I believe I can do, and then from there, get into the top 25, which I also believe I can do. My real goal is I think I should be in the top 20. Absolutely. Um, I've, I have the speed. I just got to, if I just, it's all a start really. Like all of us can go so fast. Um, and really you're not going to, if I start 35th, like I'm going to have a hard time getting up to like 15th, you know? So mm -hmm. it's really a start. Um, I saw yeah. Have you been to know. Millville? It's a left-hand start, or right-hand start, right-hand start. No, I've never been, but I've Dude, seen lots of it. Dude, you're going to love that track, though. Oh, that dirt is stupid nice. And the it's supposed to be literally like 70 degrees and partly cloudy on Saturday. I saw that. I looked at weather yesterday. It's like a high of 64 or something. It's like yeah, super it's nice. It's cold overnight, though. Bring a jacket. It's going to be fucking cold overnight. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I will. Well, yeah, uh, I'm excited. I've seen lots of videos, and uh, yesterday I did a lot of suspension testing with somebody, and they were mentioning how it's like hard pack and one side and sandy, like there's a base to it, a slippery mm -hmm. base, and the other side is clay and ruddy, and there's the big hills that are famous, and it's really cool. Like, it'll be really cool to seeing it all these years and actually getting to go race there, so I'm really excited. And I've never been to WW or, uh, or Thunder Valley either, so... 
it's kind of all going to be a learning experience with new tracks besides Paula. Even though I know Paula is completely redoing their whole thing, so it'll basically be like a new track. But right. uh, it'll be cool. It'll be cool to see how I am putting together the track fast and trying to go fast really quickly because I know there's no free practice in motocross. It's just qualifying right away. So it'll be cool to really to see how I do with that. Yeah, no, it'll definitely be interesting. Uh, there's that, uh, where the Chatapult was, I don't think it's really there anymore. I guess, like, there's still a jump there, but there's an uphill triple right after it. That might be the easiest jump, um, that, like, the biggest, easiest jump you'll ever do. You'll, you'll accidentally jump that. Okay, cool. On the first lap. It's so stupid. Uh, but, um, yeah, look, like, couldn't pick uh, a better track for your first uh outdoor national man in my humble opinion i've raced a couple of tracks on the uh the national circuit excluding uh red bud which is of course thought of as to be one of the better ones as well uh but in my humble opinion millville there is no better place to start and uh yeah like if you're coming in with uh, a little bit of a head of steam uh you've had some time to uh lick your wounds and get some confidence after uh after canadian tour um i like your chances man like uh, some good starts put yourself in a good position um right in there with uh, the ben lemays of the world the john shorts of the world and uh you can make some noise yeah and uh i was vince freezy was actually nice enough at glenn helen just last week he helped me with some start tips and went down okay. and worked with me uh, he's good at and those. i think i know he only really does supercross now but if you can start, you can start. And he's arguably, arguably one of the best starters in Supercross. So it was really cool to get his insight on some things and uh, change some things for myself with my body and everything. And I feel like it's working. I've been practicing uh, at the tracks I've been riding. And I feel like it's definitely an improvement with what he's told me. So I'm excited to see if it, I can apply that to race day. Fair enough, my friend. Well, uh, so... Um Everyone coming together for this uh, this four race tour, the four last nationals. Obviously, you want to be uh, you want to be in the show and then move forward from there. Um, but uh, what needs to happen this weekend for you to uh, roll out of Millville with uh, a smile on your face, knowing that you completed your first uh, outdoor AMA national? If I'm, I want to get good starts, first goal, and then from there ride like myself and i believe i can be top 20 that's my first real goal is to just be points the points um and i, I feel like i can do that I, i'm fit and i i feel like i have the speed so i just gotta put it together and it really comes down to the start if i get a good start then i just gotta ride like myself and uh even if i ride well but if i don't get a start like it's just gonna be tough and it's gonna be frustrating at the end of the day just because i know i can do it so i just need to get the start down and ride like myself. I think I can be top 20. That's my goal. Fair enough. Is the old man making the trip, or are you doing this solo? No, my dad's coming. He's coming on the plane with me. Uh, he hasn't been to the races with me since Salt Lake City Supercross, so that'll be cool to have him back. And yeah, uh, his insight, He's raced Millville a bunch, so he knows. Heck yeah, he's probably uh, he's probably a whole shot of the Millville at some point. Uh, yeah. Richard squared at the races, uh, a bit a nice one two punch. Um, who's uh, who's transporting the bike around for you? Uh, if it's if if you're going if you're just flying from race to race, uh, I have a just a friend that that has a bike out there that I can ride, and I'm just putting my parts on it. So okay. they'll be at the races, be able to to just meet them and put like suspension on it, bars on it, and 
pipe and go for it. <laughs> really, like it's gonna be pretty. It's a 450, so I'm not too worried about it. But that's yeah, that's kind of what's going down. Hey, as long as the thing doesn't boil over, uh, you, you should be uh, you should be looking <laughs> just fine compared to uh, that that Canadian tour, man. Like, what was it on the bike that just kept going on you? It just it seemed like it had to have been a a, a problem that kept popping up. Yeah, it was the same thing every time, pretty much. Um, on the top left radiator cap on a Kawasaki, or yep. radiator cap on the top left radiator on a Kawasaki, there's a little black button, plastic button on the top, um, and it the bike would get so hot that button would melt and explode and shoot coolant everywhere, and uh, it can like they we just continually had it happening and. Um, Ryan had a metal cap and I believe if I would have had a metal cap, it wouldn't have done it. Ryan's never did that to him. Yeah. So I got a metal cap, but, um, me and the team didn't agree. They didn't want to let me use it. So that was ultimately the reason I decided to come home because there was not even really a point in me keeping, uh, keep on racing if I was going to have the same issue happen over and over and over. So, uh, I didn't even want to do the last round. Fair enough. So that that's a durability issue on their part. Like they were thinking, you use this metal one, even though it's on Ryan's bike, uh, that, that that would be a different reason why the bike wouldn't last the moto. But I, I don't really understand the fact that it would, like if the bike's going to quit either way, w what's the difference in the reason why it quits? Yeah, and I don't think I was even spitting, it wouldn't even spit any coolant before the cap would go. So for that, for the bike to blow up, with the metal cap, it would have to blow all the coolant out, the overflow, and then the bike would blow up. But I wasn't even getting to the point where the bike would blow coolant out the overflow. It would just pop the button off first. Hmm. So, uh, that, yeah, it was kind of a, like, pretty consistent, uh, I don't know, consistent issue that would happen almost every moto after it happened once. So, um, all the motos were mud races, but... They actually, I finished one moto at Sand, at Sandalee, the first moto at Sandalee, the first day it was raining, but the track was way more of a base to it and it was more slippery mm -hmm. mud, like California mud. I thought it was fun. I just made it to the finish line. They shortened the moto to 20 minutes plus, 20 minutes plus two laps instead of 25. And I crossed the finish line and sat down to roll into the pits and then it blew. <laughs> so it was blowing every single time even when the mud wasn't super heavy. So there was really no point in me continuing on. Fair enough. Maybe, maybe I was just uh, headed out there on, on a KX125. Maybe that would have lasted. Um, <laughs> that's too bad. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry to hear that. We had a lot, we had, a, we had high hopes uh, prior to you going uh, to Canada, but uh, um, yeah, shitty circumstances. And uh, in the past, it definitely seems that the sky racing guys uh, have a hard, hard, hard time locking down consistent guys. So uh, maybe there's some issues there they need to uh, resolve before um, they have a consistent, uh, like r returning riders year after year, or week, uh, season after season. But uh, um, we wish you the best of luck heading forward with uh, the the remaining rounds of the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals. Uh, for those who are playing. Uh, fantasy motocross of course uh you're going to be a guarantee a, a plus 18 so maybe this is a uh, a great opportunity for some people to uh either get burned by you for the first time on uh on, on pulp mx fantasy or uh 
Uh, you can make you can make some people some money uh, with, with some great uh, great finishes. No pressure, by the way. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> and I also, uh, I want to go back and and thank Al Dick for the opportunity to go up there. Uh, I know it didn't work out, and we had some differences in uh, opinion on things, but it was still a cool experience, and I got a lot better at riding in the mud. So even though it went pretty badly, I still gained a lot from it. But yeah, with the fantasy. Uh, yeah, no pressure. I mean, I'm not, I've had people, even in Supercross, people were already like DMing me about picking me and stuff. So I'm sure it'll come up again when people really find out I'm racing. So fair enough. Yeah. Well, like when, when you were kicking and kicking and kicking that Suzuki to get it started on the line, how many people do you think broke their computer at the time? Well, that was my first round. So I don't really think anyone picked me yet. And I was very low key going in. I didn't really yeah, tell no, anyone. You were under the radar. Yeah. So, it was more the second round people were were thinking about it. I'm like, I'm either going to make this person hate me or make this person love me. So, <laughs> oh, well, you can't really care about the fantasy people. You just got to go do what you can do for yourself, and they take that risk when they pick you. No kidding. I'm sure you'll get lots of hate and love all at the same time. Uh, but either way, you'll be competing in your first AMA National. That's got to be a huge bucket list thing for you, having uh, grown up around it your entire life. Yeah, no, it's really cool, and like same with Supercross, like it's very surreal, finally being able to to be here and be in that spot, looking at it my whole life and always wanting to be there. So um, I'm really excited, and it'll be a really cool learning experience these last four, and then uh, next year into Supercross, I feel like I'm gonna have some adequate preparation this time and really come in strong. So that's my real goal is to uh, I'm using these as learning and trying to make a statement and do well for myself, and then. Going into Supercross next year is when I really want to really put some really good results in and, and yeah, and improve from there. So it's always learning process, and I'm always trying to learn from everything I do, even if it doesn't go great or things don't go the way I want them to. I always try and take something from it and learn from it and uh, apply it to the future. So I'm excited to, to go out there and hopefully put some good results in. Fair enough, my friend. Well, we'll let you get back to some air filters and uh, and figuring out how to get uh, some decent photos of yourself from their first national. Maybe Brown Dog Wilson be sitting in one of those corners. You just stand on the brake and uh, and throw some dirt for them. But uh, we really appreciate you making some time for us, my friend. Yeah, no, thank you very much. And I just want to thank my whole family and my dad and everyone letting making this happen so I can go to these races. Uh, Suzuki and X-Brand Goggles. McCarthy Electric has helped me out a lot. Dave McCarthy, uh, Arma, Simi Valley Cycles, and Dwayne. So he's so nice and helped me so much. Uh, Decor, ODI, Tamer, FXR, of, of course, um, mm -hmm. UFO, Pro Circuit, Dunlop, and uh, yeah, everyone else who's helped me. It's really been massive. I couldn't do it without everybody else. So just thanks to everyone who's been doing everything for me and getting me ready for these races. Right on, man. Well, uh, best of luck to you. We'll be keeping track with you, and uh, uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you after these four rounds to uh, see how it all went. But uh, have some fun out there, man, and uh, put your best foot forward. Thank you very much. Thanks for the time, and uh, I'll let you know how it goes. Killer, man. Well, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, let's cut it off right there. <laughs>